Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and happy December. It is amazing <laughs> that this year is almost over and it's that time of year when we start considering what we want to do for the upcoming year. So many people are feeling this energy of restlessness, wanting to move ahead in new ways, starting to plan and just really going deeper into the self to explore and understand and reveal what those inner stirrings may be. So on today's episode, we have a guest that will help us to clarify a lot of this for ourselves and how we can honor passages as we move into this new decade, 2020. So our guest today is Mara Clear Spring, and she is a shamanic practitioner and Reiki master teacher. And so we have this entire discussion around, again, how we can honor passages, which are like our cycles of initiation as we approach 2020. Now, through this conversation, we had a lot of fun, and of course, because she is a shamanic practitioner, I asked her to clarify a few things for all of us. One, what shamanism is. We also talk a bit about power animals, shamanic journeys, and how shamanism can be complementary to Reiki. So, as we are approaching the winter solstice towards the end of this month, a lot of people, again, begin to reflect on all we've learned, how we've grown, what we're mourning, and how to enter this next cycle of life. Now, these shifts that we're experiencing are significant on personal levels as well as collectively. And I know you all feel it, right? So I would ask you to just consider for a moment what has been coming up for you. What have you learned through this year? How have you grown And what have you learned through these different experiences that can support you as we move ahead? Now, Mara is going to also share some astrological components as well as numerology to help us understand and prepare with more clarity. And after the show, if you want to learn more about Mara's work or to work with her, you can visit maraclearspring.com. So get comfortable, sit back, and enjoy the show. Okay, everyone, welcome to this episode of Reiki Radio. Today we have the beautiful Mara Clearspring back with us. Mara, first of all, I have to say I'm so excited that you came back to the show. You're excited. I'm excited. I can't believe it's been so long, actually. The year just went by so fast. And so the, fast. Oh, it did. And, and my first interview with you was so easy and fun. And I, I didn't have any expectation. And I got more than I could have imagined out of it. It was really fun. So I can't wait to see what we stir up this time. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, my birthday twin's coming back. This should be a lot of fun. So I want to start out with, I know, I want to start out with, I, we're going to talk about honoring passages today. But yeah. for people that may be new to your work, I just want to start out by sharing that you are a shamanic practitioner You also are a Reiki master teacher, and you just have a beautiful, gorgeous body of work. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to start off with asking, because a lot of people 
still question, what exactly is shamanism? Oh, yes. Um, that's a hard one to answer only because you're going to get a different answer from just about anyone you talk to. So I'm going to give you a pretty um, basic and easy one. Shamanism is the way that we understand how the energetic world and the physical world work together. So it's based on animism, which is the idea everything has consciousness. Everything has life force energy, real Star Wars kind of stuff, right? But when we learned about this, when we were in tribes gathering around fires and living in caves, we, we needed to have a way to explain the universe. And shamanism evolved from that, from understanding why the, the, there's an eclipse to how to find the, the, the bison so we could go get dinner and where to live, how to heal. All of this evolved into what we call now shamanism. So it sounds like in a lot of ways, it's our connection or recognizing our connection to earth, universe, all of these different layers. So in the practice of it, because again, very curious about it, is it about recognizing those different aspects of universal quality or earth quality within ourselves? Yes, and relating it to the outside world. So one of the most profound journeys I got to take in what I call my training years, because I was working with other people, but I was also very committed to a daily practice of a journey it's been like an hour doing um, self-practice, including a journey. And my guides took me into myself and showed me how the entire world really is inside of me. And understanding that everything that's outside is also inside. So yes, there's that, that relationship between what's going on outside. Part of it is that projection of what's going on inside. But an important part about shamanism too is our relationship with our um, archetypes. So power animals, helping spirits, different uh, modalities, if you will, or different um, traditions of shamanism might have different names for them. But these are consciousnesses that aren't in human bodies, but we still can have a relationship with. And that's an important part of shamanism. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because this is another thing a lot of people are curious about. These um, beings and guides and our support in non-physical form are they helping us even when we're unaware or is it something where we need to give an invitation or does it kind of amplify once we make that connection i think the third thing you said is the most accurate we as souls have an existence beyond this life and we made agreements which we call soul contracts to have certain experiences or to share certain purposes or to meet certain people or do certain things in this lifetime. So we could have come into an alliance with an ancestor or some guy that worked with us in a previous life that wants to work with us in this one. So those could be the ones that are happening behind the scenes that we don't even know about unless we get involved with something like shamanism. Then once you become shamanically aware and decide to move forward with that, you develop a relationship with trusted guides who literally become your teachers. And that's kind of my job beyond doing the healing work is to also help people come into relationship and understand and, and, and trust and learn from their own unique spirit guides. That's really beautiful. And 
one other thing about this I wanted to ask you before we get into honoring our passages, uh, kind of two things. One, a lot of people feel called to shamanism or they feel called to um, different aspects of it, then end up researching and find that's what it's pointing to. And do you, do you think there's any particular significance around that? And then also, does the practice of Reiki and shamanism, can they be complementary and how, if so, in your experience? Yeah, those are two really big questions. Don't let me forget one while I'm answering the other one. <laughs> so uh, the, the first question was about feeling the call. I like what Dr. Violdo says. He's the one who wrote Shaman, Healer, Sage, and a bunch of other great stuff. And um, he says, um, when we call, spirit answers. And when spirit calls, we answer. So you do, you, you, you build this deeper relationship. And when you're doing that, you're discovering that there have been hints at it all along as if the universe has been flirting with you since day one. And you finally got it. You finally went, oh, wait, that's it. Because I didn't know what shamanism was. I was following paths that would take me there. But in the end, it wasn't until I was literally in a class being taught by someone who has become a shamanic practitioner that I realized I was studying shamanism. <laughs> I didn't even know it. So, um, yeah, paying attention to that call from the heart, from your dreams, from piecing together different things that have happened in your life, paying attention to that call can guide you to study shamanism or similar practices. I'm not, you know, saying, hey, do this one instead of that one. Um, and, and then you still have to keep using your discernment so that when you're doing the studies, you're following what really works for you and not trying to mold yourself into someone's idea of what you should do. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I'm muting on this side because they're cutting trees in my yard. So I'm like, ah, but, um, the other part of that then is with Reiki. So I've heard a lot of stories of, um, once people are called to Reiki and then there's this opening where they feel called to shamanism or sometimes the other way around, but then there's this questioning of, can I practice both? Will they work together? Do they have to be separated out? What has your experience been around the two together? Well, I'm an Aquarius. So when you start throwing rules at me, I start laughing hysterically. <laughs> so if you're following a tradition that demands that you abdicate other traditions, you might want to look at that because that's limiting yourself and, and you don't need to limit yourself. I've always found Reiki and shamanism to work very well together. In fact, when I'm in a shamanic journey for a client, I am sending them Reiki at the same time. So it really wouldn't matter uh, what I said or did. They don't know it. They've given me permission to give them healing work. I'm just flowing that Reiki. So I find that the two work really well together. I was describing uh, that Reiki for me has a lot of upper chakra work that you're flowing a lot of this energy. Of course, not using yours, but flowing universal source energy. And, and a lot of it has an attunement to the higher chakras. And so when you add in shamanism, which I feel really helps us support the lower chakras and the shadow work and the scary places, we get those cleaned out you can really anchor even more flow for your Reiki practice. Also, when you're practicing Reiki, you may have noticed, Yolanda, that you get images, you get messages, the body talks to you, 
and and when you have a shamanic background it gives you a better framework with how to work with that and how to um further help your client yeah no that makes all the sense in the world and i really like the way you talk about the blending and really the necessity of working on our upper and our lower i mean that's what all of this is about right Um, right here we have this divide you know like well this just doesn't exist Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, a lot of us do come into this with a lot of focus on the upper and then there's that, you know, something shifts or comes in and it's like, oh man, like, am I even in my body? Like what's going on? So I love really hearing that, um, that connection of how they both highlight particular things, but how they can work together. And I think that's the beauty. I think so. I think you're so right. It, it, it helps us to calm the mind and calm the body. If we can get the mind and the body in agreement. That's big. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go over that. What you said, calm the mind and calm the body. Cause yeah. I think a lot of times we hear about calming the mind, but not so much about calming the body and what it's restlessness may be like. And then even, how this thing may function when we're not really fully in it. So, oh, Mara, now you have my mind down oh, no. a whole another rabbit right hole. Down, we'll do another podcast on that one because yes. it really is a whole other part of, of what I do that um, I'm very excited about and I just weave it into everything else. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you come back for that. So for today, I am excited to have this conversation with you and some things you shared with me in the background. You're talking about honoring passages and the significance of that, especially being on the heels of a new decade. So first of all, around that, can we talk a little bit about why there is such a significance with certain periods of times or days and the upcoming new year. It really ties back to shamanism and its service to the tribe to track the seasons of the year. So by using the stars, the length of the day, the the temperatures, you know, shamans would help to create a calendar so you'd know when you needed to store the food and you'd know when to start planting the food and you'd know when certain types of animals would be coming through certain areas. And you'd know, when to celebrate certain amazing things that were happening in the world and in the sky. So creating that calendar is part of, of a shamanic tradition that now we have in um, a much more engineered form. So, <laughs> so um, when we look at the Western world and how we count years and, and time, we, we have it, uh, what do you call it, uh, base 10? So like, 10 years, 10, 10 numerals that even though there's 13 lunations, 12 months in a year, there's still 10 years in a decade. So that 10, we go through a process of zero all the way to nine. We're about ready to go back to a zero. So not only do we have a year's worth of, of experiences and celebrations and losses to acknowledge, but we also have 10 years of life passages that have occurred and how do we want to integrate that and how do we want to step into the next 10 years? Our intentions feel even more potent and important because we've got this next 10 years coming up. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting you say that. And I wrote down um, different aspects of this 
that you mentioned in terms of how we acknowledge these times of passage. And I wrote them mm -hmm. down because I didn't want to skip any because they all just seem so prevalent, right? Um, mm -hmm. The first thing, and especially now that we are in December, with the season and even with us coming to the end of the year, how does that aspect of harvest and review come into play and why is that so important for us? It's natural as the days shorten and we are forced to be inside more that we not just physically are indoors, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually, we start to go back within. And maybe we need help finding out what's in there. I mean, what happened during this past year? So when we are harvesting, we're looking at, and this is actually, I'll just tell you the process that I'm taking my shamanic shifts class through right now. We go through each month of the year, starting with last December and move forward through each month, January, February, March, all the way up to this November. What happened? What did you do? What did you accomplish? What did you let go of? What happened in your, in your career? Uh, people who've passed, people who were born, so many things. And, and to just look at how, well, yeah, you're tired. It was a long year. <laughs> we did a lot in that year. But you gather that so you can start looking at what is it I really want to symbolically and ritually let go of, and what am I ready to, to integrate into my life? So that harvest is really looking at the richness of what you've experienced and not just moving on and, and, and not letting that feed you. You know, it's so interesting you say that too, I, for two things. One, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm only supposed to look ahead, but we learn so much hindsight, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, we do. And I think it, it helps us to acknowledge our growth, which, you know, we can judge ourselves a lot. We're pretty good at that, but it, it's, it's nice to also be able to, yeah, you know, share for ourselves. But it's interesting you talk about the um, the death and the birth. Mara, I have to tell you, I don't know, like just in the last couple of weeks, I've seen this play out in such interesting ways, like literally though. So this, it's just, it's it's been a very interesting season of seeing this um, death rebirth, like these these, yeah, I don't know. We tend to fight that. It's like, oh, I don't want that to be real. I don't, I don't want, I, I get attached to things. Oh, I do. And, and I don't want to let them go. I mean, I'll keep a piece of clothing well past the point I should have let it go. So when we're talking about a, a, a beloved pet or a treasured aunt or, or whoever it's who, who's transitioning, I mean, the acknowledgement of the transition means giving ourselves that opportunity to heal. And not, okay, I should get over this. Oh, how long am I allowed to be in grief? What are the normal days that I should be in grief? All these weird judgments that we have. So it's not staying in the past. It's acknowledging it so that you can move forward with grace and ease. It's beautiful that you put it that way because I think in a lot of ways too, um, we don't consider how healing our morning could be not just for us, but perhaps even for those that are in the transition, you know, allowing that process, that movement of energy to go. There's a number of people in my, um, 
not, I mean, the, the tribe of people I hang with, I say my tribe for semantic ease, but there's just amazing groups of, of people that, I call them clans. And then we all come together at various times or overlap and then we're the tribe, right? So there are a number of them that pers pursue um, continued studies and some have careers in uh, being death doulas and helping people not just move through death, but the family move through the time after death. And that's, that's an incredibly profound honoring and, and releasing and giving people tools. They don't have tools for death. When you hear somebody's, let's say you hear somebody's got stage four cancer and they have like a 15% survival possibility. It's hard to know what to say, right? Like everything that we think of saying might not hit right. Or um, we just don't know what we'd want someone to say to us if it was we were in that situation. So having an opportunity to, to, to be presented with other people that have had that experience and can share with us, those are the ones who did that, that rite of passage, who, who had the experience and, and learned from it or studied actually how to work with it. So that is part of the whole death release process, I think. Yeah. No, it's truly. And then it's interesting too, because then coming back to the shift that we're going into, um, the different changes that I've experienced over like about the last 10 years, I started calling them death cycles because that's what it felt like, right? This um, falling away and like coming back and just again and again. So I wanted to ask you about that it's very specifically related to coming up on a new decade because, you know, is there any significance to it being a new decade in of itself, but also 2020, what is the energy around that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back to 2012 because in 2012 we began that whole series of squares was Uranus, Saturn, Uranus squares. Let me look. I wrote a note. Yes. Uranus square Pluto. Sorry. Had that backwards. So when we did that, when we hit the infamous 2012, end of the world, everything's changing, new paradigm. And it's true. Didn't, aren't things massively different from when we went through 2012? Yes. That was kind of a big, giant, huge cycle, right? Has to do with Venus and the Mayan calendar and, and all that good stuff. Well, this is our modern contemporary calendar. As again, as I was saying, going through the digits, zero through nine. Zero is the start, nine is the completion. So we are in the year of completion for the decade as a group consciousness agreeing to this calendar. We're plunging into the zero year. And it's a powerful year because we've got a double number, 2020. So the two energy gets magnified and amplified by the zero energy, and then that gets double amplified by the 2020. So that's all numerology, which we really weren't going to talk about, but it's still part of the whole deal, oh, isn't okay. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so when we, we, we filter that all down, it's about foundation. So we have this new foundation for starting back at ground zero, the the first level of a new foundation for how are we going to build our lives for this next 10 years based on what our dreams are and our desires and our new discoveries about ourselves blended with 
what we learned in the past 10 years. Also, we start out this decade with the, um, uh, sorry, I'm freaking out on the planets here again. So let me make sure I say the right ones. Ah, Saturn conjunct Pluto. So, and why am I talking about astrology? Because shamanism embraces the stars and this is our current understanding of them right now. So that's where I'm coming from. So Saturn is about manifestation and Pluto is all about taking things apart. So when these two are, 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 are matching energies, right at the beginning of the year, January 12th is when this peaks. Boom, this is our opportunity to take apart what didn't work and, and use the experiences we've had to, to start this whole new foundation. We are astrologically supported in this numerological um, creation that we've made, this construct around time, and the seasons, because that's, that's right after the winter solstice or what is on the other side of the world, the summer solstice. I mean, all these things are coming together again, just like they did in 2012 with the Venus transit, the sun, and all the, all the good stuff that happened there. So there's, there's a big starting point for a whole new 10 years. I love that you frame it the way that you do, because even in the way that you say it, it highlights how this can be such an opportunity for us, the deconstruction mm -hmm. of, or letting go of what is no longer working. And then what do we do with that? You know, that makes me think of Saturn too. Like, so now what, what are you going to do about it or do with it? Right. And I think, um, you know, some people hear that, especially hearing those two planets and they're like, ah, no. So I really love that you frame it that way and how this can be of support. Well, they're considered malefics or shadow planets. And so what, when are we going to stop running from our shadow and just turn around and say, okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. You know, and that, that's, that's what I'm about. A lot of power is hidden in the shadows. So running away from it is kind of crazy. Yeah. So the thing about this too is it started, what, a year ago? It's about a two-year thing, but it's exacting in January. So with this, even with the first part that you spoke about with um, honoring passages, does that kind of play into why it can be so helpful for us to do a, a bit of review and taking stock of yeah, 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 yeah. Because because the energy is really supporting it. You're not wallowing. You are um, digging through. You're, so you can create that fallow ground that can rest. Let's do our work before the 21st of December, if we can. Let's do our work to take a look at what happened through the year. Take a look at what happened through this past 10 years. And, and do that thing where we're making amends in some way, shape, or form, either within ourselves or even with other people, to completely, as best you can, let's demo what wasn't working. Imagine you have a property and you have a house that's just full of dry rot and the pipes are all corroded and broken and the roof needs repair and even the foundation's cracked. Okay, let's just take a review of that, figure out what we need to do, and then raise that thing and, and start some new plans and begin a new foundation. So it really does all tie together. Well, that kind of leads right into, it's a beautiful segue for another point that you highlighted in um, honoring our passages is healing wounds, like allowing ourselves this space for healing as part of our transformation. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think there tends to be a lot of judgment when we recognize 
that there's something that may need healing and people think they're broken or something's wrong with them. But can you talk about the beauty of allowing this healing process for yourself? Recently, I had a, um, a client have a concern about her power animal. Uh, no, just go with me on this. So uh, she, she felt like she'd been psychically attacked and her power animal had been wounded. And what in the world was she going to do now? Because her power animal was wounded and she didn't know what to do. And I, of course, knew inside a different kind of truth. But I, I took the journey to go meet the power animal. And sure enough, it looked like a fight of energy had been taken out of the power animal. And so I asked him, hey, what happened? And, and what can we do for you right now? And the power animal just looked at me, laughed, stood up shook himself off, became whole again and said, the only reason I looked wounded is because she believed I could be. And then took a run off. <laughs> so so the, the, the thing about our wounds is that while they're there, we really, we really are there with them. And, and we need to go ahead and be with them or be with the person who's wounded that we want to support. Knowing that they will heal, but allowing them to be in that process. You know, I didn't try to make it wrong and say, there's no way your power animal could be wounded. I, I went, well, I need to go find out more about this. And, and that's what we need to do when we have a wounded feeling, um, a thought that keeps coming back, um, something we notice we're avoiding. Maybe we can't deal with it right in that moment, but to give ourselves some time and space to look at that and even ask for help if we need it. We're not broken. We're working on something. That's so powerful. And, you know, it, um, it's interesting. It makes me think of how powerful our mind is, right? And um, the importance of even that, of coming into recognition of what we even do think or believe. Because a lot of times we are unaware of that, as crazy as it sounds. But we're just so, a lot of times, again, like disengaged with ourselves. Yeah, that judgment. Ouch. Right. That self-judgment. I should be over this by now. I should be done with that. I should have lost that five pounds already. I should have gotten more money when I got my raise. I should have this. I should have that. You know, we get so judgy. And, and that's part of what we're exposed to from an early age. So that's why that's there. If, any, if you want to say anything's broken, I'll say that. We just have these really powerful inner judges that just won't shut up. And so making friends with them and giving them a new job is a powerful tool. Well, you're doing like beautiful setups for me because this again is a perfect transition into another point you made, right? We're so connected. Was um, the celebrating our accomplishments and gifts because you know we can get kind of stuck on the what I need to fix and all of this, which is a component, right? It reminds me of what you said the beauty and looking at both sides of even how like Reiki and shamanism can be complementary, how our light and shadow can, you know, work together. What is that relationship there? So even in the process of our healing, how does the acknowledgement of our accomplishments and gifts support us in this passage? When we've decided to do the shadow work, to plunge into the healing, it's important to follow up with a high vibe. So getting a lovely Reiki treatment, taking a nice hot bath with aromatherapy and Epsom salts, getting a lot of hugs from somebody who truly loves and accepts us. These are important follow-ups to doing some really deep work. 
having a consciousness around what to celebrate in your life is so huge and amazing. I love this, the, the contrast that you provided with there was a death in the family and there was also a birth within a few days of each other. And it's like, well, I can't be happy about the birth because there was a death, but I, I can't mourn the death because I'm taking away from the joy of the birth. And, and you find a way to do both, to bring the balance together and to say, I'm so happy to be holding this baby with tears running down my face because I'm so sad because my pet passed. And, and, and so being able to bring in the celebrations helps to be the ultimate, what I call uh, metaphysical neosporin on the wounds. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, and I love that you highlight this. Um, I told you behind the scenes, I was working on a, a uh -huh. deck and there's yeah. a thing that keeps coming up for me is how we tend to do either or instead of this and that and really finding out how do we harmonize between the two things that seem to be in opposition and how they can support. Yeah, yeah, and on the day that we're recording this, which would be different from the broadcast, um, is the new moon. And the new moon is about that harmony of here's our shadow side, the moon, the, the, the unconscious, the subconscious. Here's the sun, you know, our illumination, what we, what we wanna see and show and what we project, and here they are together. That harmonizing, that's what it's about. So you can't have the moon and the sun separate in, in this regard you know they're, they're part of each other and part of what creates the earth if we didn't have the moon the earth would be a very different place so our very solar system is an excellent model of how balancing light and dark helps us have the most satisfying existence and it's beautiful that you frame it that way because there's something underneath that and i, I just feel it <laughs> as you're saying it the um, acceptance that comes along with that, you know, instead of trying to reject or hide from different aspects of ourselves and only think we can um, be good enough if all of the shadow is gone, you know, I think something about the way you're saying it and what you're saying, it just feels so just like, oh, yes, yeah, sink into and accept all of these beautiful layers of you and how they are supporting your forward movement, all of these passages that we make. As, yes, as we're letting go of something, there's that, that, that sweet pain of, of almost a nostalgic pain of, oh, that will never be again. Yeah, it probably won't, but something else will come in and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to anticipate something new at the same time. It's celebrating the tears in a weird sort of way, that sense of that I have, uh, my phone's making noises, sorry. <laughs> it's that sense of I have, I, I did this thing. It's like, okay, this is a very weird story. Can I tell you a weird story? Please. All right, so I have this beloved car. It was a, a, a Honda. I bought it brand new. It was my first brand new car. And I had it for 22 years. I loved my car. I didn't want to let go of my car. But my guide said, Mara, you need to get a new car. This thing's 22 years old. You just need a new car. But this one's fine. No, we want you to get a new car. And you should never let your, your guides boss you around. I just want to say that. This was a long, long-term conversation over a few years I had with my guides. So um, I'm parked at a light, waiting for it to turn green uh, in, on just a regular street. And all of a sudden, I hear this, and this SUV hits me 
uh, the back end of my car. Boom, real hard. You know, wow, what a shock. What a, ah. And in the end, the, the, the damage was so severe, they had to total the car because it exceeded the value of my car, even though my car could run still. And so I used that experience not only to buy a new car, but to have a talk with the universe. Because if my car hadn't been there, the people on the bus stop across the street would have been where that car hit. And that car had that thing where you had the accelerator problem where you hit the brake, but the accelerator goes all the way to the floor, which is why that had happened. You know, the woman had clearly not intended to drive right through my car. So it all worked out in the end. But I still, Yolanda, I still mourn my car, my Honda, even though I have a perfectly good new car, I still mourn my old car. And, and that's just the way it is. There's a mixture of, of I, I had this great car, it still ran, I love that car, but oh my gosh, if it was gonna be given up, then it was given up in great service, you know, and nobody really got hurt, you know, shook it up in a car, but no, no cuts, bruises. That's the beauty of like really what stood out for me in your story was that ability to see the bigger picture. And I think a lot of times that helps us with like, yeah, even if we're still sad, still having that recognition of um, where there may have been benefit in the situation or something that was supportive of or just whatever, it can soften that a bit, you know? And you don't always know you, and, and why. I, I, I like telling my, my clients and students that the, the question why can be very unhelpful because you get all stuck on meaningless details. The why isn't what's important. It's, it's what happened. How did everybody deal with things? How are you feeling now? What has changed? That's more important than the why. If anything is being stuck in the past, it's getting all ground into the why on things as far as I'm concerned. The why, the why isn't as important as the fact that I, I could still acknowledge a nostalgia for that car. <laughs> and that there were days where I would tell the universe, I'm really mad about the way you took my car away and I am not open to being hit by somebody again in order to save someone else's life, which of course is not true. I, in the end, if my getting a dent on my car is going to help somebody else not have a big Ford SUV land in their lap, okay, I guess that's what's going to So interesting too, um, the way things are orchestrated. I think that's what's so interesting to me about life, like when we can kind of expand out and look at all of the moving parts. And it's such an interesting orchestration of life. And even some of the toughest things that we go through and how it may open up windows or make connections for us that also carry great significance. You know, yeah. Then that becomes part of the whole passage tapestry that we're weaving. You know, imagine that yeah. you're just creating a lifelong tapestry. And once you've come to peace with something, it can become part of the tapestry, but not something that is, is needing active work as you go forward. Yes. I love that. And I like the, even the visual with that, the tapestry that we're just, we keep on weaving as we go. And I wanted to ask you about too, because you did mention this and um, I would love to hear more about it. You mentioned vision integration of these different shifts that we go through. So what does that mean? I think I'd like to call it a conscious decision-making process. Okay. So if I think I want 
I'm trying to think of a good example because I think examples are a great way to explain things. Ah, garden. So if I want to plant a certain type of garden, it is through having observed what happens in my garden in the past couple years that I can make a decision about what I want to plant. So if I know that I plant beautiful bulbs, the raccoons are going to come dig them up the first night that I planted them, I'm not going to plant bulbs. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? So, so when we have a vision integration, we are taking what's happened in the past, so it's easy to discard that which we've already learned, and then looking forward to what would we like to experience in our lives, and then looking at what are the pieces I have right now, how can I put them together, and then ask the universe to fill in the parts that feel like they're still missing. It's something too, and you're saying that it reminds me of, again, hindsight 2020, and we're going into this year of 2020. I mean, and maybe <laughs> it's, it's so important because of entering a new decade period, but it seems there must be some, it feels a little more weighted, right? Like this, this looking back, like where we started in this conversation, this process of review, allowing the healing, allowing the mourning, and also acknowledging accomplishments, all of these things that the hindsight <laughs> as we enter 2020 um, seems very significant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does, because it's the foundation you're launching from. You know, it's the fuel for your rocket engine. It's the fire on the tip of your arrow. But yeah. um, in the end, your your vision for, for the next 10 years has to have space to grow as well. Right. So there is an artificial um, pressure that comes from pretty much media, I'd say, but maybe there's something inside too. There's an artificial pressure. You've got to do something in this certain time and be done with it. Boom. That's not necessarily true. It can give us even like a, you know, a white fright with what they call when the writer looks at a blank page and doesn't know what to write down or, or when you, you choke and you don't know what to say. So, so taking that pressure off, I think is super important, but at the same time, understanding that we are in a potent time, a potentizing time. That zero, zero I was talking about, so two is the number of, of um, uh, synergy, partnership, bringing two things together, the light and the dark that we were talking about, life and death, bringing that together. And the zero is infinite possi possibilities, because zero is really everything, right? So, so, so infinite possibilities in, in your partnerships with yourself and with another person with yourself and yourself, with yourself and your destiny. There's just so much there. So we're feeling that, that, that possibility as a responsibility and, and to see it instead as, a, as a, an adventure. You know, it's the roller coaster that we're going to take. It's, yeah, there'll be some downs and some ups, and then there's that really fun part where they go upside down. But, you know, we're, we're, it, that's what's ahead of us. And, and I'd like to keep it exciting instead of scary. Yeah, and I love that, the idea of like our mood and our the way we're looking at it as we go through it. But I wanted to ask you about this too, because you also mentioned how the pieces, we can pick up the pieces to make something new, right? And especially with you mentioning the, um, which was it, Saturn conjunct Pluto, and it being exact 
like right after we get into the new year. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, a lot of times there is a resistance to letting go or like the, oh no, if things do start to fall apart, what's some of the, the potential for us in that? Well, I think it's important to just let yourself maybe have a little, little pity party panic moment if you need to. And, and go ahead and freak out a bit. Um, maybe reach into your inner child and throw a tantrum. Because uh, if, we, if we keep trying to push that down, we're using a lot of energy to keep the shadow quiet. So let your inner kid pitch a fit. And, and, and I don't want things to change. I want them to stay the same. I hate it when people make me do, I wouldn't get up at nine, not at seven. I, you know, whatever it is, whine and complain. Kind of get that stuff out of the way so that you can come to that place of, wow, the house is knocked down, but I'm building a new house. The, um, the, the structure that has worked so well isn't gonna grow with the new world and the way things are changing. So I get to create something else. Wow, I've been overloaded, I've had too much to do, I've had too much life to live, I have too much responsibility this is a really good time to make a change, you know, to, to, to give yourself the comforting that you need and then, and then start to remember and invite all the different ways that, you know, support you and just going for what you want, going for something new, being brave. So I love this because I think it gives us a lot to consider. And then there's also, of course, then the aspect that comes of the rebirthing. So I wanted to ask you about that very specific to shamanism. Like how does that motif of, I guess, rebirth play into different um, shamanic practices or teachings? And I'm, and I'm going to tie it into that whole Pluto Saturn thing too, because Pluto is is the master transformation through destruction death is the ultimate destruction and transformation comes from new life so that kind of goes together and then and then saturn is helping to to well and this is how you're going to do it here's how we're going to manifest it here's how we're going to make it happen so that that's like the map and then the the mechanism um in shamanism we will study death we will literally go through initiation journeys what I will often call the dark night of the soul to where we are coming to meet death again and again, and then rediscovering who we are being reborn in these journeys. There are vision quests that people do in what I call topside world. Instead of going into the altered state of a journey, you go to a challenge like um, uh, go, go out in the wilderness be without um, food or water or even clothing and and go through the deprivation of the elements to take you down to your nub to your core to even induce visions and that's a type of shamanic ritual death where you come out on the other side having maybe met a new power animal being given a spirit name having a new cleansed body ready to step up to your next level so that whole rebirth and life we're letting the past 10 years die, Yolanda, because they got to. And we're going into, the, we're birthing the next 10 years. We can only birth really one moment at a time, but we're holding this intention. And that's a powerful part of shamanism is intention. We're holding this intention to, to welcome and, and, and create this next 10 years. That's so beautiful. And 
you know, there's something you've mentioned a couple times, and I know there are people who probably scream if I don't ask you this. You've mentioned our power animals quite a few times. So oh. I feel like that's a whole nother episode I could ask you to come back for. But can you give us briefly what a power animal is and do we all have them? Well, let me ask you this. What's your power animal? Well, I did a shamanic journey. <laughs> <laughs> and my power animal was an owl. And this is the funny story. I w went into the journey wanting a, like a panther or, you know, a cheetah. I wanted some big, you know, powerful cat. And so when I met um, the owl, honestly, there was a part of me that was like, what? I was a little disappointed. So silly. I, it's funny to me now even thinking about it, but I um, also asked his name and all of these things. And so then I went home and did some research about the owl and also researched the name that I heard, which was a name I thought I completely made up, you know, and both aspects of it, the animal and the name couldn't have been more perfect for mm -hmm. what I was going through in my life at that time. So that leads me to a follow-up question for you. Do our power animals change? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So um, the, um, the power animal brings us their medicine that will help us at the time we need it. So our power animals will change as we need different medicine. So when you have the owl step in, that doesn't mean owl goes away forever. But it does mean that another animal might step in for you now, like you've been dreaming a lot of things in this year. So you may have been working with lizard medicine. Li well, <laughs> Mara, hold on. Hold yeah. on right now. Yeah. yeah. You cannot make this stuff up. So <laughs> <laughs> my partner has told me a few times, like, just looking at me, like, your face is shifting all the time. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's uh, a different looking person like a from a different time but sometimes it has like this kind of lizard kind of quality so recently i was at a uh, just last month at a um, medical reiki retreat and someone else said in the class oh first of all the teacher who's also an aquarian she stopped in front of me she's like whoa your face is shifting and then she just carried on in the aquarian way and like fluttered about fluttered away but what after <laughs> yeah like ah whatever and so then um after we had done a meditation someone i knew who was there their husband came up to me and was like i saw you it looked kind of like i saw like some lizard energy around you and I was like, huh, that's interesting. So it's funny that you say that. I just, I can't believe that's what you said. Yeah. Oh, we call them <laughs> random shamanic examples that happen to just hit the nail on the head. It happens right. all the time when you're in this business. So what so, is the medicine of that? Lizard is doing what you've been doing. You've been dreaming your world into being. You've been seeing yeah. what's between the layers of what's happening, what's possible, what are the parallel realities running next to each other. Right. Stepping outside of time to do that. Have you have you had days where you thought, oh my God, I've had twice as many hours in this day that I had yesterday? Yeah. Well, I've had that, but I've also had literally I just a week ago where it looked in front of me. I was sitting where I'm sitting now, and it looked like uh, the best way I could explain it is as if I was seeing like a portal, like uh, you know, being able to literally see through 
another dimension while just sitting here. And I was like, what? Because I typically tend to see more with my eyes closed. So for something like that to have happened with my eyes open was just, you know. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, before we, we, we started this recording, I smudged you and I told you, you've been opening up pathways trans-dimensionally yes. and receiving information from multiple realities and dimensions. And it's not bad information. Yeah. It's good information. There's, there's, there's this, um, as, as we're talking about power animals, we might as well talk about guides too. There are these multitudes of really awesome, amazing gifted beings who want to give us information and have us express it here in the 3D. And you're doing it. I know this just from what I saw. And then when you talk about lizard, that lizard's helping you manage that. How do I take this craziness that is like geometry that nobody's ever been able to explain and put it into human terms and lizards helping you bridge that. And this is exactly why. And when you said it, because I told you and I share with everyone, because I want to talk about your work too. I was asking Mara behind the scenes. Now I have had my Munaki um, initiations with you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, years ago. But I recently I was asking Mara, do you do your shamanic um, training remotely? And I'm so thankful that you do. I cannot wait to do that with you. But this Amazing. morning before when you smudged me and you said what you said, I was like, see, yes, honey, I'm signing up today. So can we share with everyone um, some about your work? Because again, from what I experienced with you, so powerful. You know, I love like you embody it and the the connection with the animals and the sounds. I mean, it's just unbelievable the way that you function, the way that it moves through you. Can you share with us a bit about one soul retrieval? Because there's a lot of curiosity about that. And I know that this is a part of your work. So could you just explain what that is and who or why would we benefit from it? Okay. Um, soul retrieval is a practice of locating and bringing back essences of your soul energy, your life force energy that are lost through various things that happen in our lives. Um, severe illness, um, abuse, uh, uh, horrible shocks, um, accidents, loss of, uh, like death of loved ones, divorce. Uh, recently, I had someone have a, um, a car accident and she lost a soul part as part of the car accident because it was such a shock, just such an unexpected, strange accident that, that occurred. And so I had to get back that part. The energy gets stuck there because it, it can't get past what happened or it felt like the whole being was going to die. So I need to jump off the ship like a rat leaving the ship. I need to jump off here so that I can preserve some of this life force energy. So when the human life is old is, is ended, I can rejoin the soul. So rather than wait until we pass, let's get our soul parts back while we're walking on the planet and, and, and um, retrieve the gifts that were left behind when the soul part left. And that can help us heal from, uh, from those kinds of, of horrible life experiences. It can help us to replace what, what happens when we have those holes in our souls and we put other things in there. So other people's ideas of who we should be. 
addictions to other substances, sometimes even darker things can get attached. So when we have our whole life force energy back, we are much more resilient, much more able to withstand influences that aren't good for us and get clear about what it is we want. So any other kind of healing we do from that point forward or any kind of training or life experience just more wholeheartedly penetrates where it needs to go. Yeah, that's a really beautiful thing. And that makes me want to ask you about too, because I don't want to forget about your shamanic training. So I want to say you do offer it in person in San Diego and a new training is starting in January, but people can also do private with you as well, correct? Absolutely. I do private both in person and uh, by distance. I have people that we, we use like video calls or even phone calls to do shamanic training. I have a specific way that I like to get people set up to, to get the basics of how to do shamanic journey and how to do it. I have like two rules. We're going to be safe and there's no shaming. So if you get stuck in shaming, which means usually you're shaming yourself, uh, we got we to gotta work with that so that you can get past that so you can have really cool experiences. And I want you to be safe so you don't end up going down the Ouija board toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you don't need to do that. You really don't. There's, 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 there's way more uh, rewarding experiences to have. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And again, I'm so excited because I am going to sign up today for the private training. But I wanted to make sure that since, especially given the conversation that we've had, so for people who are local and in San Diego, are you doing anything or offering anything specific to the solstice or moving into the new year? Any events? Oh, yeah. Um, I am going to, and it's not on my website yet because I've just been crazy, uh, busy. Um, just did this craft fair. I just started shamanic shifts for my advanced students. And that's a special course I do to move from the 2019 to 2020. I, I do it every year as we skip from one year to the next. Um, but on the 13th, Friday the 13th, wow, I'm going to do a shamanic firing drumming circle in my yard. And we're going to have a white elephant gift exchange you know, that whole celebrating thing. So we'll be saying goodbye to the year, but experiencing the gift exchange. And then, um, uh, oh God, I should know what date it is. I think it's, oh, December 20th. On December 20th, I am going to do a combo Facebook Live and in-person uh, winter healing ceremony. This is a, um, a Siberian practice of um, taking, I, I, I take everybody's wounds up to the heart of the eagle for purification. And then I go further to uh, the celestial realms to get the gifts for them and, and bring them back. So I'll have some people here playing drums and rattles while I do it. And then anybody who wants to sign up uh, and view it as, I think I'm doing it as a live. I haven't decided if it'll be a live or a Zoom, but it'll probably be live just because I can do that pretty darn easily. Um, they can witness it and participate from afar. And especially if you have a drum or rattle, you can, you can play with as I'm doing the journey process. So I tell the whole story and then we do the journey process and then I literally blow the gifts into everybody. That so is beautiful. That. Okay. So even though it's not on the site now, at some yeah. point people can look on the site for this information or even go to your Instagram 
um, because you yeah. will post there as well. Yes. Yes. I'll put it on Instagram. I, I know emails like outre, but you know, I get on my email list. I will send out a, an email about it, but yeah, if they go to my website, I should have the events up today, mm-hmm. which means by the time that this is, this is, uh, shown. Yeah. People will see it. It'll be on the website. They can sign up for my website. No problem. Well, you also have another event um, that a lot of people have an interest in, especially, you know, setting our intent for the new year. Oh, money, honey. I even love the name of it. I was like, Ooh, money, honey. Yes. So can you talk to us a little bit about money, honey. And can that also be something that people access remotely? Well, right now, that's a great question because I just did money, honey. And, um, it, it's it's had some really awesome effects of people um, posting, you know, like they did the process and then boom, money flowed in. And, and I, I, I kind of like don't want to, to promote like a, um, a one pill solution to something because right. money issues are, are, are more than one instance but it is kind of fun to see the results that are coming in. So I might, I might do an additional money, honey. Um, uh, I did it as both an in-person one night and then another night I did it as a live. So I, I think I could be convinced to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Be. You'll probably get that in your inbox after this. And then I'm doing a uh, shamanic treasure maps 2020. So that really kind of aligns with the whole vision integration. So I take people through a shamanic process to help them um, get into a place of being ready to draw their maps. Then we do a project of drawing the maps. And then um, as long as Laura and I can work it out, we usually do a shamanic sound journey afterwards. So I take you into a guided journey through your map. And then we just let you go with gongs and um, uh, the Tibetan bowls. And I have a didgeridoo and, it's, it's amazing. So a lot of cool things coming up for December. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of amazing things. And again, I just want to point out that your um, shamanic training does start in January for the in-person. For the local. Yeah, the local yeah. in-person. And it's only 12 people. That's- so so other than that, it'd be one-on-one private training until you know I figure out how to do it online as a group. I just honestly just haven't had time to figure that out yet but I think you're going to help me with that yes I will help you with that and I mean that's such a cool way to start the new year and um, that's why I'm excited to schedule mine with you now because I'm like oh this is um, even for me I think symbolically like sometimes taking steps that are very initiatory for myself like making that decision I like to be in um in collaboration with movements that I feel are coming. I like to also like consciously make that choice of, yes, I'm willing to go into this next stage of initiation in my life. So I am very excited to do this work with you. And I am so thankful that you came to share all of this with everyone again. I just want to restate what what you were saying about initiation. And that is what we're stepping into for 2020. Each of us has our own unique life path and rhythms. But as a whole group, as a whole humanity, we really are stepping together into this new phase, this new way of being in the world, all these new possibilities. And we're doing it together with agreement, the number 2020, with agreement, new year. So that's potent. And that's what a lot of us are feeling. And that's that antsiness beneath the skin. I need to do something kind of feeling. Yeah, you do. 
So using these kind of processes of, of letting go and then inviting in, observing the death and celebrating the life is, is going to get us there in the most kind way possible. That's really a beautiful thing. And it's funny you say that too, because that is what I've heard a lot of. I've experienced it myself, experiencing it myself, but so many people feel like this restlessness and there have been so many levels of deep healing coming up, but still this, this other aspect of the mind, like something's about to change and you need to step up and do things differently. So yeah, gosh, so much. This does feel very significant. Yeah, and, and really, if, uh, right now, we're, we're, we just had Mars oppose Neptune, and we're still in that influence. So that makes us very restless. We've got to do something. I need to do a thing. And then we have the whole the Saturn and Pluto conjunction coming up. And that is like, there's this thing that is going to happen now. So we're feeling that urgency. Whether or not we're even tapped into the astrology, we're feeling the energy of it surrounding right. us, especially folks who've chosen to open up and see and listen and observe. Yes. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, one, there are so many things I hope you'll come back and talk to us about. Um, also, I'm like, wow, a retreat with you would be amazing. Have you thought of doing any retreats? Maybe 2020? Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. Um, I was actually invited to be a, a participant, you know, like a, a presenter at a retreat. And um, I turned it down uh, because uh, at that point in time, I was not, I was not in a place where I could imagine having the, the time to even plan it. But uh, I have felt the call. So yeah, let's dream that in. Yeah, we'll dream that in and then have you back to talk about it. And I'm coming, <laughs> so, you know, fun. <laughs> yes. So I want to make sure that everyone knows how to get in contact with you. And I know your website, maraclearspring.com has all of your information. People can sign up for the newsletter, get beautiful information for you from you. Um, but how can we connect with you on social media? Well, I decided to keep it simple a long time ago. So if you want to see me on Instagram, it's at Mars Clearspring, Mara Clearspring, a one word. And um, if you want to see me on Facebook, I have my, my timeline, my personal timeline is Mara Clearspring. And then my business page is First Step Shamanic Training, although that name will probably be changing because I don't really want it to be just about training. That just kind of landed that way one day and I haven't taken the time to change it yet. Okay. So you can always get there from my timeline anyway. So, cause they're always connected and, um, Twitter is Mara clear spring and, um, what others are there oh, like, I, everywhere else? It's always just use Mara clear spring and that makes it easy. Oh, well, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I don't have anything on it, but <laughs> I will someday. And that's Mara clear spring. See, I keep it all one name. So I can remember what it is. Well, I have to say one thing about your site is it is, I mean, there's so much beautiful information there, but you also make it very easy to schedule, whether it's training sessions, whatever it is, like you have it all laid out, very user-friendly. So yeah, I, I provide like two pathways. So people who, who freak out looking at the schedule can look at um, just individual descriptions of things and people right. who get lost in all the descriptions can just click on this one page and it lists all the stuff. So, cause I know how it is. Shopping is tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, 
is. So I would just say the best thing to do right now is go to maraclearspring.com and that way you can find all of the information about your classes, your training, the work that you're doing. And I can't thank you enough again for coming, especially this time of year to help us all prepare. Oh, thank you so much. If anybody has any questions, you just reach out and I'll do my best to have an answer for you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Mara. And for everyone else, we'll see you next time. Okay, everyone, I want to first of all, of course, thank Mara again so much for coming to share her insights with us. And again, to learn more about her work, go to maraclearspring.com. You can also find her on social media under Mara Clear Spring, one word. So I also want to remind you, especially because we're moving into a new cycle and some of you are preparing what you want to do for the new year, don't forget that you can access my Creating with the Moon and Stars for free as well as 22 Days of Transformation. Just go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, sign up for the newsletter, and you'll receive access to those downloads. And if you would like to work with me, you can join us in the Alchemy Circle. There's also more information about that on my website. So I thank you all so much for being here. And remember to always journey in love. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.